you could ever need starting right now hey everybody welcome into the water break i am mclean uh bringing you uh with Cy and will um the best late night sports show on 88.9 the bridge um it's uh friday night i hope you guys friday night is doing amazing but this is a sports show so we're here to bring you guys uh some baseball news now your uh hometown seattle mariners um they made some moves this week after what's been a relatively quiet off season they brought in two relief pitchers to bolster their bullpen uh one of those rafael montero um the other one Kenyon middleton uh middleton's got some experience he's probably stepping into this bullpen as the most experienced reliever and probably the de facto closer you know barring a you know major stride from somebody like Nick Margavichus um you know this uh this bullpen for the Mariners it's um it's looked like a weakness these last couple of seasons but I'm it looks like the uh rebuild might be ending soon as you know the bullpen is generally the last uh phase of these rebuilds that teams try to do so you know the mariners they could push for a 500 record in um in 2021 with maybe a playoff push in 2022 i don't know i'd certainly like to see one um you know this 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 is a uh, quite possibly the first of many signings Right, now over to Cy for some basketball news. All right, so the NBA preseason is kicking off. It was a pretty, it was a relatively short break since the end of the last season to the start of this one. And uh, a lot of the news right now is circulating about LaMelo Ball and how he's fitting in with the Hornets pretty well. I think he just had an 18-point game recently. And um, I think just about two days ago, Kyle Guy hit a, game winner at the buzzer against Golden State uh, to push the Sacramento Kings over them in their preseason game. And so a lot of people were talking about that. And Kyle Guy, pretty good player. Um, I've been following him since he uh, won that national championship in Virginia in college. So that was pretty That was pretty cool. And um, yeah, Giannis also sa- uh, signed a Supermax deal, a lot of money. And uh, James Harden is looking 
for different teams to move to, apparently. There's a lot of trade rumors surrounding him as well. But yeah, Giannis staying in Milwaukee? Yeah, Giannis is staying in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, yeah not, his... quite, not quite the Great White North, but still pretty far <laughs> up there. Yep. All right, well, on to Will for some hockey news then. Yeah, we got hopefully a really entertaining next couple of weeks coming up in hockey. As some of you may know, the World Junior is going to kick off in just over six days. The puck drop of the very first game is actually going to be on Christmas Day, which is I'm so excited for that. I get to open some presents and watch some hockey. We got some interesting groups this year. Uh, in Group A, you're going to have Canada, Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Germany. And for those of you who don't really know how hockey works, there's kind of like the three powerhouse teams. That's Canada, U.S., and Russia. And then there's Finland and Sweden, who are kind of just below that. And they can have some really good competitive teams some years, and some years might not be. The rest of the teams are kind of a few levels below that, but it's still going to be interesting nonetheless. In Group B, you have Russia, Sweden, U.S., the Czech Republic, and Austria. And basically, the top teams in those two divisions will play against each other, and they'll do semifinals, and then they'll get into the uh, final after the round robin super excited team canada is supposed to be absolutely stacked this year they have a lot going for them they came off a win in the world juniors last year they have i think something nutty like 20 of the 22 people on that team right now were first round draft picks or are projected to be first round draft picks so it's pretty crazy they have a few dudes with nhl experience and obviously they're going to be playing at edmonton which i think is a huge huge advantage for them it's like a whole bubble style similar to what they did for the NHL playoffs, and I'm super excited. So on to McLean. All right. Well, back to me for uh, Seattle Seahawks news now. The Seattle Seahawks are going to play against the Washington football team. Uh, still don't have a name yet on Sunday. Um, and I've got news ahead of that contest. Uh, Alex Smith was actually ruled out, which means the team will now be down to their third quarterback in uh, Dwayne Haskins, who was, you know, the last you know, high draft pick of the Jay Gruden era for the football team. He uh, was picked, I believe, number 15 overall. And, uh, you know, he's he's shown some flashes. He had a couple of nice games this year before getting benched. Um, but it's, it's not going to be Alex Smith, who's, you know, plays much more conservative style of football. Uh, Haskins is much more aggressive, you know, likes to get the ball down the field a lot more, also more adept at using his legs. Um, so we'll be able to see the football team. They've, um, they've managed to win six games. They're sitting at six and seven. Um, but you know, they match up pretty well against the Seahawks team. The, you know, battle to watch is going to be the football team pass rush versus the Seahawks O-line. Uh, both of those units are, have improved a ton from last year. The football team are generating sacks at a very good rate and the Seahawks, uh, offensive line, despite having been a liability for like a lot of the Wilson era, they've really been uh, very good as of late. Did you guys going to be watching that Chargers Raiders game, or did you watch it? I did, I did, and um, in in radio in the sports broadcasting team, I know you guys don't uh, broadcast sports, but we had a a little we had a pool going um, where if you got the score uh, correct in the game. You won like like twenty dollars, um, and I didn't win because Mike Badgley missed that field goal. 
I, uh, well, what was your score? It was 27-24, right? That was my Chargers. prediction. I predicted 27-24 uh, to 24 in favor of the Chargers. You know, I saw Herbert uh, win the game last week with a field goal, and I thought that he was going to do it again. And I was almost right, but Badgley pulled it. Uh. Hey, speaking of Herbert, though, he had an outstanding game. I only got to watch about a quarter of that one because uh, I had homework and other stuff to do. Um, but it was it was a crazy game. I got to see Mariota come in, which I was super excited about. He didn't do poorly, actually. I think he was doing better than a lot of people expected. Oh, yeah, um, sure. He, um, he added a lot on the ground. I think he finished with something like 90 yards on the ground, which is a lot for a quarterback. Yeah, it was just under 90. And also a rushing touchdown, which is pretty impressive. So yeah. I was super, I was just happy to see him go in. And you kind of had like the clash of two Oregon guys with Herbert and Mariota, one having had a lot of success this year and one not so much, but it's good to see them both play. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in fairness, Marcus Mariota was never really all that bad. I mean, he gets labeled as a bust, but he was a good playmaking quarterback. He was just not the kind of guy they wanted in Tennessee. And, you know, I mean, John Gruden, he definitely landed in the right spot to get reps as a backup quarterback. John Gruden loves a quarterback controversy almost as much as he loves Spider 2. Why banana? Like, <laughs> I think in almost every year that John Gruden's coached, I think they've we've seen the backup almost every year. Did you guys notice that he was wearing the uh, Oakland Raiders uh, hat for like the first bit of that game? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, they probably got mad. I, you know how people have such a hard time like saying the football team because everyone's just used to calling it by the old name? Yeah. I have that exact same problem, but with the Raiders. I always refer to them as Oakland, and it's so weird saying seeing Las Vegas in front of their name. Yeah, yeah. that's for so sure. That one will take a bit of adjusting. Yeah, being yeah. being a talk radio guy, I know it's probably not the best to you know complain about my job while I'm here on the radio, but... Let's just say, if I had a nickel for every time I called them the St. Louis Rams, I could probably, like, quit this job and retire at 16. You know, I, um, I can't get used to the LA Rams, I can't get used to the LA Chargers, I'm just, I'm just too old to be doing this. I'm starting to get better <laughs> with the Rams now. There's the one in hockey, the Phoenix Coyotes switched their name to the Arizona Coyotes. For whatever reason, that one throws me off. They didn't move. They just decided to make it the state name instead of Phoenix, which I really don't understand. Maybe because hockey is just so not popular in that area that they're trying to get more people encompassed with it. But I'm, I don't really know. I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, yeah baseball the same kind of thing happened the uh, florida marlins this was a while ago but they rebranded as the miami marlins um and that was after going to a couple of world series is getting some rings so i yeah. like that i think miami marlins has a much better ring to it though sure does sure does yeah all right just switching gears here what did you guys think about the saints versus eagles game that was crazy jalen hurts yeah that's oh crazy goodness. I think we might uh, start to see a new era in Philly. I mean, Carson Wentz's big contract is looking like it, you know, was a big mistake. I don't know what happened to Wentz. Maybe that last injury in the playoffs just proved to be like one, you know, career and one season ending injury too many. Um, we love to dump on Carson Wentz, you know, being radio guys because it's it's easy he's been terrible but like we forget that he's gone through like four different season ending injuries so i mean i'm 
kind of tempted to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. Um, he's, he's I think, gone through more than Andrew Luck has, and Andrew Luck retired at 28. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think... I think Carson Wentz is a pretty good backup quarterback. When he's been the backup, I mean, they did go to a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and they did just beat the Saints with him as backup. So, I don't know. I feel like that's probably the position for him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, when Carson Wentz isn't the starter, you know, Doug Peterson is eleven and two. Oh wow, <laughs> eleven and two with Nick Foles, stat. Nate Sudfeld, and Jalen Hurts as the starter. <laughs> Wow, wow. I, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, but I think the the main X factor in that game, though, is Miles Sanders. He went off for 115 yards, two touchdowns. That was, he had a pretty good performance that kind of pushed them over the Saints. Yeah, and I mean, um, it's a lot of, it's pretty similar to what we saw with uh, Mariota on Thursday, you know, running that read option, um, the threat of Hertz to take off, and he ran a lot too, Hertz did. He got, I think he broke the century mark. Um, but you know his uh, his threat to run, keeping the edge defenders honest and keeping the middle defenders on their heels, um, it it made Sanders better. Uh, he had much wider lanes to run through than when Wentz was running the ball. Wentz was never really a threat to take off at any time. But like you know, running that option offense, it should work at the NFL level, Right. I mean, Lamar Jackson just uh, proved to us a season ago that you can put up an MVP campaign by running an option offense. It's 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 something that should be working a lot better than it has in the past. True. And I mm-hmm. I remember in kind of Wilson's younger age and the end of the Marshawn Lynch era, we would run a lot of read options because uh, it kind of throws people off. Wilson was such a good running threat and he's still not bad now. And obviously, Marshawn Lynch, you cannot ignore him. He's going to plow you if you do. So, I don't know. I think it's quite a viable strategy. Just depends on your team. Yeah, and I mean, when you combine the option offense with those pro-style quarterback protection rules, like, um, we saw this, by the way, we saw our quarterback protection rules in full effect uh, last game with the Chargers and Raiders uh, Thursday night, yesterday. Um, We saw on the final uh, series of that game, Justin Herbert took a hit to the head, which was kind of borderline, but it definitely wouldn't have been you know drawn a flag um if uh the hit had been to a running back you know quarterbacks are just deemed untouchable uh in the nfl so when you combine that with an offense that puts the quarterback in the position to take a lot of hits it's you know a really it's a way to you know exploit the rules and get free yards and stuff and i think sometime during the second or third quarter i can't remember hunter ran through uh on a i think it was a kick or a punt return got blown up by one of the chargers players it was head right head to head i I thought he got knocked unconscious by the way he was just slumped down uh but he got up luckily and no penalty there it looked i i don't really know how that works on special teams if there's different penalties because i know they've been changing that a lot throughout the years uh but it certainly didn't look very clean well special teams penalties that's a you know, a really ambiguous area of the game, right? Like, we see um, stuff like, if you remember a couple of couple of weeks back when, um, what's his name, Tyler Lockett got knocked out on that, um, on that kick return. Um, that was, do you guys remember that? Not, not really. Not no. really. Not really. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was early in the season. I think it might have been against the Cowboy. No, it wasn't Lockett then. 
I don't remember, but um, you know, special teams penalties, it's always a really ambiguous area. It's super hard to play as somebody who played on special teams for a while. It's really hard to, you know, do that cleanly, right? Like there's just so many guys running around so fast. It's um really hard for the refs to, you know, keep watch on all of them where when you've got 10 blockers and 11 defenders running at each other on every play rather than Unless just it's a holding four penalty. of each. Unless it's a holding then penalty. Then they'll get you for sure. Yeah, but I mean, even some of those, you can get away with holding so long as you're not obvious about it. You you just grab somebody's jersey so long as you grab it between the numbers. You'll most of the time you'll get away with it. That's um, true. I've seen I've seen videos of people just killing the gunners. Like you have the gunner, and then there's two defenders right there, and they just like throw him down to the ground and basically jump on him, even though he doesn't have the ball. And it's kind of funny, but they're not really going to call those. Yeah, well, you know, there's no pass interference on a punt play, which is, you see that come across on some of those, like, fake punts and stuff. You can, a defender can do pretty much whatever they want. Um, I was only a gunner for, like, three weeks on, like, a C-team football team. <laughs> I could never do that. Um, it is the hardest position on the football field to play, like, without committing a penalty. There's basically no laws protecting you. It is literally the equivalent of, like, driving in the state of Montana. You know, you can just get away with whatever you want, which is fine and good until you get T-boned going 90 miles an hour. That's a really interesting metaphor. Thank you. Um, I... You know what, guys? I think we should, um, I think we should go to break. We'll, uh, we'll take the break, uh, think of some more commentary on NFL special teams offenses, stuff like that. Um, we're going to go to break. We'll be back in just a bit. Thank you for listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the water break. Um, I am McLean. Got Will and Cy with me for the best late night sports show on 88.9 The Bridge. And we're going to talk to you first about some news that uh, broke earlier today is um, relating to the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, uh, Brian Schottenheimer. Um, now, Jed Hughes, the uh, head coach hunter in Houston, not quite the GM yet, but like acting as GM while um, while Bill O'Brien uh, left the position vacant. Um, he uh, presented to the front office uh, the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, which uh, goes to show that, you know, what Seattle has done has been so successful that, you know, some of the candidates are looking to get poached. So that's that's how you can tell you're really doing well. I mean, if Schottenheimer gets that higher and uh, Bevel stays around in 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 Detroit, I mean, that could be two, uh, you know, Pete Carroll castoffs that go on to find head coaching positions after the Pete Carroll coaching tree was largely regarded as a bust through, you know, guys like Dan Quinn flaming out and guys like Gus Bradley. You know, it's. It's um it's interesting to see having a really solid coaching tree would really help Pete Carroll's Hall of Fame case too when it's time to start thinking about that in the few years in a few years. What do you guys think about uh Shoddy potentially going to coach Houston? I mean, I mean I don't Oh, you can go. Oh yeah, I, I don't necessarily like it because he's our OC and he did a pretty good job this year. Like in past years it was a lot of running, but he kind of switched it to like a more pass-heavy offense, and that's worked out really well. So I don't really think I would want to see him go. 
I don't know. I think personally, from an NFL standpoint, I think, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, shoddy goes and maybe the Hawks have to promote like, uh, I don't know, some former backup quarterback. Maybe they go and get, like, Seneca Wallace to be the offensive coordinator or something. That always seems to happen. You just go get a backup quarterback. Um, yeah, maybe, Geno Smith. Yeah, just maybe, make Geno maybe, Smith the OC. Maybe we bring in Paxton Lynch. <laughs> I don't know. Remember those, like, three weeks where Paxton Lynch was on the team? That was fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, But I think that, um, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, or Marty Schottenheimer, that's his dad. If Brian Schottenheimer goes to uh to Houston and he installs the same playbook that he used in Seattle for Deshaun Watson. You get a younger, much more, you know, electric um playmaking quarterback than Wilson. I mean, if you guys think Wilson was cooking, just wait to see what would happen if you had a a much more, you know, uh like a much a um uh a riskier quarterback, a more of a gunslinger like like Deshaun Watson. I've um I've said for a while that Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite athletes in this league to watch. That guy always puts on a show, and I think if he goes into a uh Marty Sch- uh, I did it again a Brian Schottenheimer offense, there could be some fireworks in Houston. It'd be like watching the Cowboys from early in the season, but like sustained. That would be awesome. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, sure. I would hate to see him go, but I think he does deserve the head coach job. Oh, for I think, sure. I think he's got a good bid for mm-hmm. it too, especially in a place like Texas where they certainly need help. I, I mean, I don't want to see it because I like him and I like the Seahawks, but at the same time, maybe they can take our defensive coordinator. I wouldn't be mad about that. Uh, you're not <laughs> a fan of Ken Norton Jr. No, no, I don't think a lot of people are he's, either. Yeah, he's not very. We're like very bad in defense this year i don't know i mean his defense has looked a lot sharper he's you know kind of since getting jamal adams back i mean he's phased out a lot of the like um you know trick blitzes and uh you know two high three high coverages or layer six high you know when you got cover three on the one side and cover two on the other he's phased a lot of that out um and it's it's been like it's been uh much better. I mean, granted they've played some pretty poor offenses, but ever since the Rams game, the defense has been playing solid. Jamal Adams has been involved as a blitzer. I I think they've allowed what like four touchdowns in the last four games. I don't know. Well, to be fair, they played the Jets last week. And I don't know. I mean, somebody somebody check my math though, right? So Giants. Well, see, none against the Jets. They had was it two one, against the Giants or one? I think one. I think just one against the Giants. Okay, and then um, and they then against the Eagles, the Eagles won on the hail mary, and then one. I think they had one earlier. Yeah, and then so, against the Rams, uh, that that just, game was just not the one, that's great, just the one. one. So yeah, yeah, I think four four touchdowns in the last four weeks, um which is pretty solid. And uh, and they've also been like putting their guys in the spot to get turnovers. Like the guys on the field dropped three picks against the Jets. You can't put that on, on, on Norton. Yeah, right? I saw that one Jamal Adams one. He was home free. That oh, was yeah, that one hit him right on between the threes of the yeah, 33. That was hard to watch, mm-hmm. but at yeah. least it wasn't a close game. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine losing a Super Bowl because of that. Whew, not yeah. that the Seahawks have ever choked that badly in a Super Bowl, but nothing having to do with an interception hitting nope. a DB right in the hands. Yeah, I don't. No. I don't remember that. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't remember that either. <laughs> yep. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, if Pete Carroll, it's, it really, it goes to show in this league that you're doing something right when you're starting to get your coordinators hired out. Like you remember that one, uh, like off season a couple of years ago where you know everybody got fired and then like the entire la rams coordinators see i didn't call them the st louis rams that time you know all of their coordinators got uh got hired like uh like zach taylor got hired um because he was like the assistant quarterbacks coach or something to coach the Bengals, and then um i believe it was brian flores no flores came from New England. But my point is a lot of guys got hired from the Rams coaching tree. Um, basically anyone who had ever like, you know, been added by Sean McVay on Snapchat was getting on, getting a interview for a head coaching gig. It was crazy. You guys remember that season? Yeah. So what do you guys yeah. think about some of the upcoming matchups? Cause we got some interesting games and we got some slightly less interesting games as well. <laughs> All right. We want to talk about Seahawks first? Uh, I think we have talked about them a fair bit already. Just, That's true. Do you guys predict uh, the football team will win? Anybody no, think that? No, I think we got a pretty <laughs> no. good matchup here. I like our odds. We just came I off think... a huge win. I think that Giants game humbled us enough to where we're not going to mess up anymore and make any more mistakes. But at the same time, the football team really does need this win if they want to go to the playoffs. So I don't think it's just going to be a gimme. I think it'll be pretty close, like the Seahawks always keep it. But I think we'll end up winning, like usual. Hopefully. Yeah. Yep. Me too. I'm much in the same camp. I think this one will be a defensive standstill, though. I don't think the football team will shoot out with Seattle. Um, I think the final score, I think both teams get held under 20. There's my bold prediction. Yeah. What do you guys think of Bears Vikings? Ooh, the loser Both of that game and... is probably out of the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's certainly a season decider for whoever's going to get that wild card spot. Uh, probably behind the Packers. I I mean I know if Creed were here, he'd pick the Vikings, and he's not. He's in California, by the way. So yeah, What's I'm gonna have to go with there? the Vikings. The Bears haven't been looking too great recently. Um, and I think I think the Vikings can take this one. They've really rallied in their last couple of games, and I think they've got good momentum going into this. I don't know. I would like to first see, before I pick the Vikings, I would like to see Kirk Cousins score points and keep the game close against a good defense. He's done some phenomenal checking the ball down to Justin Jefferson, and he's phenomenally thrown back shoulder fades to Adam Thielen. But I haven't seen him like run a complete offense, and the, that Bears defense is very stout against the run. I don't think Dalvin Cook will be much of a factor. I think Kirk is going to have to get the ball put in his hands to win it, and I think the offense has actually looked better with um, with Trubisky and than with Foles. You know, I think the the offense um, Foles was brought in to be a game manager, to be less of a wild card than uh, than Trubisky was. And Trubisky, he um, adds yardage on the ground, makes plays with his legs. Um, I think Trubisky will be able to do enough to uh, to lift the Bears past the Vikings. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not a great offensive matchup. I certainly think it's going to be like you said with the Seahawks. Both teams under twenty. I can. I don't want to guarantee it, but that's pretty pretty confident in that prediction. But you never know. Like I said, yeah. I remember I, I predicted my... the Titans to destroy the Browns, and yeah. we saw how that went. I think for my final score prediction, I'm going to say that um, that uh, for the final score, Kirk Cousins gets the ball uh, with two to go and a chance to win it, and he doesn't. I'm going to say final score, um, 
I'm going to say Chicago 24 and Minnesota 17. Yep. And I mean, my take on it is Trubisky and the Bears just came off of, uh, you could basically call it a blowout game against the Texans, right? They just blew them out of the water. So I think they have momentum, and I think Trubisky's been playing good. So I'd say the Bears would win by maybe like a touchdown or two. So maybe, I don't know, 21 to 28. All right. And then the uh, big kahuna, what do you guys think about the Saints and the Chiefs? I think this has game of the year potential. I know a lot of people were saying that that uh, Ravens-Browns game is game of the year just because how it ended with the whole Lamar cramping thing, which some people will say wasn't cramped. Some will. I don't know. It's (laughs) undecided as of now. Um, But I think this has huge potential. Unfortunately, didn't get that primetime slot, which I think it definitely deserves. But this is going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah. You're telling me. All right, I let me tell you some things that I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see Patrick Mahomes go up against probably the probably the second best defense he's faced all year. Um, so I predicted last week was my it was my hot take that the Finns would upset the Chiefs. And let me tell you, those Miami Dolphins did not let me down. They played probably their best game of the season in a loss. Um, but unfortunately, Mahomes was just too much to handle for them really it's nobody can stop that guy and you know for that reason i'm gonna be picking the chiefs but like spoiler alert by the way for the rest of the show um the uh the the dolphins they really they played a complete game and i like uh i liked enough what i saw on sunday to uh mark them in as a playoff team going forward could maybe challenge the bills for divisional supremacy if they can pick up a game now um for the Saints and Chiefs, I'm really excited to see, um, you know, the potential return of Drew Brees was dangled. Um, it's still up in the air which quarterback is going to be starting. On... I think I think Drew Brees is supposed to start. Is he supposed to start? Yeah, yeah I, I, believe, uh... I believe they announced that. But Michael Thomas uh, is ruled out. So no, no Michael Thomas. Uh, yeah, which for... I think not quite the impact that it's going to have as Brees, but it's still, I mean, he's still a good wide receiver. Thanks for telling me. I left him in my fantasy team. Um <laughs> yeah i mean i I gotta take the chiefs like kansas yeah. city they got two people in the 99 club on madden <laughs> they got travis kelsey they got um patrick mahomes and i mean tyreek hill is also really good wide receiver so i think i think they're just gonna win tyreek hill yeah. better have 99 speed i'm not a huge madden guy but i would i would hope that he gets 99 speed Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Kelsey, Mahomes, Hill, that is an offense that I I don't think anybody can really slow them down. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost unfair, the juggernaut that the Chiefs have built, you know, and for that reason, I I think they've only lost like one game since like since losing to the Titans in 2019. They've only lost one game. Yeah, it's been wow. it's been a while. Yeah, um, remember remember when Tannehill came back in like week ten to play spoiler on Mahomes' return? <laughs> that was that and the Raiders are the only two games that they've lost. Mahomes yeah, can throw three true. picks and this team can still win games. And this is after he got paid. The Chiefs are really playing like Madden on rookie mode. It's insanity what they've been able to do. And for that reason, I think the top of the NFC gets shaken up even more as uh, the New Orleans Saints have to eat their second defeat in as many weeks. Yeah, that'll be two in a row for them. And the Packers could actually look to move into that spot. And I actually think 
they have a fairly good chance to do that with a pretty soft matchup against the Panthers. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. And then that'll bring us to like our kind of last thing, which is the Sunday night game, which we unfortunately have to pick this week. It's a pretty bad game, not going to lie. But McLean, you want to go first on that one? All right. Well, I'm always wrong about the Sunday nighters. So I think that because I'm always wrong, I better, uh, you know, hang my hat on this lampshade here and uh, pick the pick the Giants. I mean, I would have said, if you had asked me about this game a week ago, I would have said, you know, the Giants will keep it close. They've been playing professional football and not making mistakes, turning the ball over, running the ball well. They've just been playing really professional football, the kind that wins games in January. But then they had a meltdown against the Cardinals. You know, it was like watching a peewee team last Sunday. So for that reason, I'm going to pick the Browns, who just gave Lamar Jackson and the Ravens the fight of their lives. Um... And um, I I don't think it'll be close. Um, you know, the Browns should run away with it. I predict, um, I think there was a record for the most uh, rushing touchdowns scored last Monday night. I think that record will almost be set again. I think both teams will combine for seven scores on the ground. Yeah, I think, yeah, the logical choice is the Cleveland Browns. They're just going to, they're just going to blow them out of the water. I mean, I I would like to pick the Giants just because to go against McLean, I have such a good track record doing that. But this is really the Browns game to lose. I think if they lose this, they they might not have the greatest playoff odds. Uh, so they they definitely have drive to win this game. I think the Giants, if they lose this, they're pretty much out too, depending on the football team's performance. But I I can't not take the Browns here. I on after they've played in their last couple of games, kept it close with the Ravens. They managed to beat the Titans. I cannot see them losing. I just can't. All right. Well, that was that's gonna be about it from us at the water break. Uh, thank you guys for listening on eighty-eight nine the bridge. I hope your Friday night goes great. I hope your weekend goes even better. Um, if you're a student, by the way, at the high school that runs this station, I'd like to wish you a happy winter break. Go, uh, take, take these couple of weeks, go spend time with your family, do whatever you want. Everyone remember, uh, stay safe, stay home. Um, and, uh, you know, have a, have a happy break, uh, and have a happy weekend. We'll see you all later. We out.